재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Do you like hip hop? Of course What do you like about it? It tells a story I love the art of hip hop Give me, give me, give me, give me some of that Hip hop, hip hop Baby, baby Give me some of that Hip hop, hip hop Baby, baby Fuck the beat Yeah, rock the some beat. of that hip hop, hip hop, Woo! baby. Put your hands up, put your hands up. Yeah, uh, we really need like an MC in here to blow <laughs> us into this segment. <laughs> What's up, Miss Kelly Song? <laughs> so nice to be back. It's so nice to have you back. How was your weekend? It was very restful. Today's Halloween. Ooh, it is. <laughs> Are you a big Halloween fan? I think when I was growing up um, mm-hmm. and living in the States, but mm-hmm. not after I moved back. Uh, yeah. It's not as big. It's mm-hmm. gotten bigger. Right. Because it's more of like a party mm-hmm. thing than it is like a trick-or-treating or like, right. you know, what we know right. knew when we were young. But and now that we're older, well, not you, but us. Yes. Um, <laughs> you're still young. Uh, actually, like uh, wanting to party is not so much on our plate anymore. Right. So it's like I'd rather, you know, get dressed up and take the kids trick-or-treating, that kind of thing. <laughs> but then that kind of stuff stuff doesn't really, really exist in Korea. Mm-hmm. If it did, it'd be so good though. I mean, there's yeah. so many apartments. You, you just don't have stay to in one building. Anywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just start trick or treat amongst each other. How yeah. fun is that? Yeah. Maybe one year I'll get it started in my apartment. Do building. it. Do you it. You should do that. Yeah, I'm not the type of person to. <laughs> <laughs> But it's nice to have you back in mm-hmm. the studio. Uh, we are having some fun with the fact that it is Halloween today. Yes. So we want to know, Kelly, what's something that you're dreadfully scared of and also why? I thought about this question uh-huh. and I think, well, as, as much as I love swimming, mm-hmm. I would say I'm really scared of like the deep, deep water. <gasps> Me too. Because yes, I just spooky. don't know what's there. Me too. What's inside, right? right? I don't, something's going to pop up and bite my leg off or chlorine. Pull, it down, pull you down. Or, or pull, pull you yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> chlorine and clear blue where I can see everything. Yes. It could be I, 100 meters and you can swim in it. It could be as deep as it wants to be. <laughs> yeah. I can swim. Yes. Mm-hmm. But anything that, I, like the ocean, I don't really like the lake much either. Like, <laughs> like I get the what Loch you're saying. Monster. <laughs> yeah, it's not that I'm afraid of the water. Yeah. I'm afraid of what's swimming with me. Right. So are you not afraid of bugs or like heights or anything else? You're pretty brave when it comes to that. I think, yeah, less less afraid of the bugs than so. If you saw like a big big spider come down your windowsill, mm-hmm. you would just grab it and throw it out. Well, not I just wouldn't hand. touch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd leave it. I'd leave it. I'd let it be. That's cool. Uh, you know, getting on a boat is okay. Yes. You know, being on a big bigger not boat. for me bigger boat. That's okay. But actually swimming, swimming in that in water. It, right. mm. Even with a life vest, right? Like right. it's just no. being in that deep area, not knowing. So mm. that's why scuba divers and like um, snorkelers. Oh, we men and I went snorkeling once, once in Hawaii, yeah, in Guam. Uh, was it Guam? It was Guam. Oh. Was it fun? Well, they gave us a piece of. They gave us half a loaf of bread each, and we didn't know fish ate bread. Oh. Fish, fish bread? will eat anything. <laughs> uh, they were like, "Oh yeah, if you take this into the water and just break off little pieces and throw it in, the fish will come." And we were thinking, "Oh, like, beautiful, oh, right?" They swarmed <laughs> us. Oh god! Like that that scary movie. Like what was it called? It was literally like it was like the attack of the fish. It and was so, so gross. Min and I got so grossed out that we just picked up our loaves of bread we threw it threw as it. far as we could and then we swam our way back to shore we were so scared the guy was really nice he was supposed to get like a slice but he gave us a whole loaf mm-hmm. so imagine a lot of bread fishes. yeah <laughs> it was not fun oh. 
But we get you. All right. Yeah. Uh, we do have to get into Ooh, Let's yes. Hip Hop. As you guys know, again, Kelly is our, Kelly Song is our author and hip hop guru of the Hip Hop Hada books. Mm-hmm. And she is here to break down another artist for us today. Yes. yes. Should we go straight into Let's do yes. it. So last week we looked at The Quiet, mm-hmm. who is co-founder and co-CEO of Illinois Records. And it's natural that we talk about his yeah. partner, Toki. Doki. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Doki is, uh, was born Yi Chung-kyung, and he was born in 1990, so he's quite young. Mm-hmm. And you know that someone is a devout Buddhist when the first thing he says in an interview is that, I'm a Buddhist. <laughs> <laughs> So that is literally, literally the first <laughs> words that he said to me when I was interviewing him. That's hilarious. And he connected it with the story of how he was born oh. um, in a small hospital near Purguksa, which is oh, a wow. temple, ver- which is a, mm-hmm. a very UNESCO World temple. Heritage Temple yeah. in Gyeongju. So um, although he was born in Gyeongju, he didn't really live there. He spent his childhood in Daegu, which is another city uh, mm-hmm. in the Gyeongsang province. Mm-hmm. And he also lived in Busan and so all throughout his childhood he just he lived down south yes yeah he <laughs> he did and um you know so he calls himself um someone without a particular hometown and mm. i think that's kind of you know important in his life and he actually seoul is the place he lived longest so okay mm-hmm. just calls seoul home if anything it, yes i think seoul and especially yoido oh is, yeah where his yeah, which is the beautiful apartment is yes <laughs> And also um, as someone from just Gyeongsangdo in mm. general. So um, in sixth grade, he comes to Seoul and he signs with Chopidi's label, Future right. Flow. And that was in 2001. In and sixth grade. Yeah, wow. I remember his debut, yeah. Michael Dodd. Yes, yeah, we're going to get to that yeah. in a bit. Um, so when, when he actually came to Seoul, um, his company promised him that they would send him to an international school in Seoul, oh. but that didn't happen. And it was also a time when the law had changed that if you hadn't lived abroad previously, you right. couldn't go to an international school right. anymore. I'm so, real curi- curious, mm-hmm. does he speak English at all? He he's I think quite fluent. He's fluent. fluent. So okay. he's like bilingual. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, so he actually just stops going to school after mm-hmm. the sixth grade. Wow. Right. So which is quite different from the the route that most Koreans right. He's up to high school right. they'll go, but wow. Yeah. So um, in 2002, which is uh, around the time he came up, his family also goes bankrupt. Yeah, yeah, that's an important uh, sort of moment in his life because Mm -hmm. his family was running a big restaurant business in Busan. But then after they went bankrupt, they just literally had no money and Toki had to make music uh, mm-hmm. had to make music to earn money right so he started making music as a as a way of you know finding that financial right support but there's no guarantee family. with that either right. yeah. yeah but I mean when you're in the sixth grade sixth seventh grade <laughs> it's like what else can you do right, right. so if, no fear. if I have to do something I'm gonna just try and give it right. my all it's the only way I can help my parents right, right? and just you know help out yeah mm-hmm. And so, sort of, one important, I think, background to Toki is also um, his sort of ethnicities. He's yeah. a quarter Filipino and quarter Spanish right. and one half Korean. Right. So, making him this very multicultural, multi-ethnic um, person living in Korea, which and at that he, time... He has less Korean blood in him than he does Portuguese, is that what it is? 
Spanish and Filipino. A quarter Spanish, quarter, quarter Filipino. Quarter Filipino. And then one half Korean. Oh, so, yeah. So but his mom's Korean. Yeah, his mom's mm-hmm. full Korean. And the Filipino side of him, um, his family is related to Pussycat Doll member, right? right? Yes, Nicole. <laughs> Nicole. Scherzinger. So that's the coolest thing about you. Uh, well, we'll talk a little bit more about his childhood when we come back. Mm-hmm. First, we're going to take a listen to a song. This one is Toki featuring Rado. Yes, this is called That's Me. And it's on his first um, full-length album called Hustle Real Hard, which was released in 2011. Check it out. So, ill in their records. Nothing know that I should do. I'm a big boy. Yeah. Hustle real hard. Yeah, this is how I do it. Let's ride. Everybody move, move. Lego move. Ill in it. What? We're going to be talking more about Tokyo and his childhood and where yes. he went from there when we come back in the fourth and final segment. Close enough, we have a song from Ihai Hansum. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment. We still have Kelly Song in this studio, and we are hip hopping about Doki for yes. Let's Hip Hop. <laughs> hip hopping about Doki, huh? Hey, if she could write a book and say hip hop hada, right? I could say we are hip hopping. Hip hopping. We were getting into Doki's childhood. We kind yes. of got pretty far, mm-hmm. but yes. you still have a little bit more to get into. Yes. So um, we got to the point where he came to Seoul right. after sixth grade, and the, uh, the company that he signed with uh, at this point goes bankrupt. So. <sighs> Yeah, they merged with another company, and this other company that they merged with was a company that uh, had uh, comedians. So okay. it wasn't a music, mm. um, it wasn't a music company. Right. And Toki ends up living in literally a container box, oh. which was put on top of a seven-story building in Sochoto. What? Yeah, <laughs> is that even legal? <laughs> so he was telling me, um, you know, this is different from what we know as like the trailer houses because those right. have like kitchens and bathrooms and whatnot, right. Right. but this was literally, literally a container box with just, no bathroom just tr- somewhere a container box wouldn't have a window either it was just just a box just a sometimes box. you do if it's like an office for like a construction site mm-hmm. it's oof. literally one of those yeah those boxes oh my goodness and uh he lived there for about eight to nine months wow. and at that time he was living with his older brother mm-hmm. who also came up uh, to sew with him but his older brother was already an adult he was like 20 years old wow. and so a lot of times he would go out to play with his friends so oh, he'd be alone yeah toki would <laughs> be alone in the container box and he just he remembers those days as feeling just really lonely and just wow. by yeah. himself right. and you know to make matters worse they get kicked out of the container box. Oh, as if there's no... Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. It can't get any worse than that. Yeah. And they end up uh, living in a small hotel room uh, provided by the hotel where his father worked. So, Toki described the room as something that's smaller than, like, the rooms that janitors or, like, housekeeping ladies rested Mm -hmm. Uh in. It was a really, really small room. But the fact that he still had a roof over his head, right? right? right. Yes. So in this room, his parents, his brother, and him. So the four of us lived together. 
Wow. Yeah. So, um, and the hotel was located in Pyeongchangdong, which is sort of a neighborhood where the public transportation isn't so good. Yeah. So he remembers like he needed $20 just to get out of that neighborhood and he oh. didn't have that money. So he would just, again, be stuck. alone and right. stuck. And it's um, in 2005 that he makes his official debut and he debuts um, as sort of a, he does a featuring on Dynamics Duo's second album mm-hmm. on a track called Circus. Mm-hmm. And he not only features here, he provides also the beat for the track as wow. well. So um, with that, uh, it's the same time that he debuted with Microdot as All Black. All Black, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're Korea's crisscross. <laughs> but um, again, the group didn't last too mm. long. And, you know, um, they separated. Uh, they went to separate paths. And Toki um, really started his independent career from um, then onwards. Mm-hmm. So from, from, two th- from sixth grade to mm-hmm. this point, how many years has it been? Couple? I think uh, three, four. So about three, yeah. four years have gone mm-hmm. by. Okay, have gone by without not much. Okay, right. Results. And I remember I saw him like way back in the days during the hip hop like you know the clubs in, oh, in, mm-hmm. in Hongdae and mm-hmm. whatnot. He was like literally ten or eleven. Right. I was like, he's so cute. Never thought he'd grow up to be this. Big. <laughs> Hearing this story though, uh, you getting into so much detail about his past, it makes me think. I kind of now understand mm-hmm. why he flaunts why all his money. he does what he does and says what he does and the way he acts. Right. So it makes I'd a be little proud. bit of sense now too. <laughs> yeah. He worked hard to get there. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He did. So finally he's doing his own thing. He's doing his own thing and 2007 is a year that is special for him mm-hmm. because this year uh in 2007 he just accidentally happens to watch a documentary called The Secret. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys have seen mm-hmm. that The Secret is based off of a self-help book. Oh, the oh book, yeah, the, the book. book. Secret. Right. Okay. So he, he doesn't like reading. So he watched right. the documentary <laughs> version of it. Right. My staff. <laughs> and, you know, in that book, it's all about, you know, believing and visualizing mm-hmm. your dreams. Right. And then that right. those dreams. We each have a true. copy. Yes. <laughs> right. So, and he decides, I want to try that. And mm. he really starts. Um, he embodies it. Yeah. Visualizing <sighs> what he wants. Wow. and. And this is the point he said when he started writing positive lyrics, because up until this point, he was writing very sort of dark, dark, um, dark lyrics. And then from 2007, after he had watched the documentary, he started writing positive lyrics and things started changing for the better. Wow. And this is sort of the message I think he carries throughout his lyrics. You know, you put out there what you want brought back to you, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Uh, so he he starts to slowly but surely build a name for himself. He he makes his way up there, and he's he's getting bigger and better than ever. And we'll get into that after we take a song break. This next one is also, of course, a Doki song. Can you tell us about it? Yes, uh, it's released in 2010, and it features his friend Jay Park. And the song is called "Doing Good," and it's the remix version. Check it out. I love that he has like a distinct sound, but at the same time, he tries to change it up a little bit. Mm. Good for you. 
Gotta like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to get into kind of where he is now, yes? Yes. Yeah. So, Toki uh, is the co-founder and co-CEO of Illinois Records, which she runs with um, The Quiet. And they've had really just enormous, enormous success as an independent hip-hop label in Korea. And I think it's really reflected in sort of Toki's um, album titles. Mm-hmm. Right. So in 2011, this is when Illinois Records started, his album title was Hustle Real Hard. Right. And by 2015, he has an album called Multi Illinaire. <laughs> really funny though is yeah. that my husband asks me because he saw his documentary he's mm-hmm. like where did he make all this money from and I was like from his music I don't know a single song I named him all the yeah. like, <laughs> there's a lot of people like that though they're like I don't know any of these songs but how did you make that much money like well because think, he writes it all himself mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and he, they perform at um, at universities mm-hmm. and stuff and concerts mm-hmm. and things so you gotta realize he's getting all the money for royalties right. for right. writing for composing for all of that plus any money that gets airplayed plus it's it's own label yeah, so he's it's, making everything it's not like big bank status you know that's why I was like <laughs> how did you make that much money but lucky for him I mean and he I gets think, everything yeah a lot of the times he also drives himself to where he so goes no money goes out yeah it's yeah. all his his yeah, own but whatever still, he puts in he gets he styles it himself I make eight dollars a month off of my royalties you know it's like how much <laughs> well, are you selling yeah Sorry, what? really <laughs> Really, no, like I'm that's saying. how you decided to compare this? Yeah, because it's not that much <sighs> more played. I think. For, like, I think it's mostly off of the performances that he does. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they also have a lot of um, concerts, Col- like label concerts, mm-hmm. and, solo and they have a concerts. cult following, right? Yeah. yeah. You so, don't have one. I don't. So but that's none of, why. <laughs> but none of the people around me knew any of his songs. Right. I don't get it, you know. Because so. I think they're one of the few, few hip-hop labels um, that can sell out Aksur, which this is, is a big venue. Which, which is which a is big a venue. venue. Concert it's hall, right. It's like 2,000 people, I think. Right. And mm. they have a concert there quite often. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, so... You know, he is now in his prime. Yes, oh, yeah. he is. It's so funny because I always ask the artists I interview, like, what, how do you, where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? Mm-hmm. And he was still, te- and he was like, oh, I'll be in my early 30s. <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> oh, He's my still word. So, <laughs> so well, that was really wow. cute. Seriously. Right. He's is, so young. Yeah. He's still got so much to go for him and so much ahead of him. Uh, it must have been difficult for him, though, um, getting into, you know, first of all, being born in in, right. in, in a family that's already multiracial. Right. Um, which was at that time still kind of unheard of, I right. guess you could say, in Korea. Less common. Less common. Less common. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't unheard of, but it was less common. People um, weren't as open to right. the idea right. or understanding either. And then to try to get into this business at such a young age mm-hmm. and then his family going bankrupt and having to to help somehow mm-hmm. support him and then living in a container. I mean, all of this going on, this guy, he, he's been through it all. Yeah. yeah at such a young age, mm-hmm. like he's been there, done that. It may not have been the hood, like he didn't have to dodge bullets or whatnot, yeah. but it's still it's very. Still, yeah. yeah. And now, you know, 
he's got lots of money. Yes. Lots of cars, <laughs> lots of room in his house. Marble and, floors. <laughs> I mean, Crazy. It was interesting for me because I was asking him about, uh, him about you know, his success at mm-hmm. such a young age. And he told me that he's still searching for his own philosophy on what success and money is. Oh. And he was telling me how like his view of success is that it's almost a human instinct that everyone you know, desires it and goes for it. And right. it's our in our instincts to do things that we like and to you know really have fun in life and also if you can make money on top of that then that's the best of course right of course Mm -hmm. well today i feel like i got to know a little bit more of the the personal side of toki Mm -hmm. and so i am because honestly that documentary he did with well he he flaunts his money and he's so (laughs) he's got like hundreds of thousands of dollars just laying around all i could think was oh look at that young kid just flaunting his money you know it all comes from now i kind of understand him more and i'm like okay I can accept this now. Right. I get it, you know. There's a story behind yeah. it. Yeah, and so I love that. Every week we get to learn a little bit more about these people on a more of a personal level. Right. And we thank you so much again Being for awesome. getting us in here. Yeah, You get our quote of the day. Yeah, of course. So this is from Toki. Um, this is from uh, our interview. Mm-hmm. Hip-hop is an undeniable part of my life. It's almost like a religion because in a way it has saved me. If you think about it, I never went to school. I am sure. I have dark skin, I have tattoos all over my body, and I'm not soft-spoken. By the standards of Korean society, I am nothing. Yet hip-hop has made me into someone Koreans love, and I'm thankful for that. Wow. Wow, That's deep. Oh my gosh. Wow. There's no such thing as nothing. We are all something. Yes. And Doki proves it. Thank you so much for being here again. Thank you for having me. We'll see you next week for more. Yes. Uh, we're going to finish off this corner with a song from Toki. This is also from his first album, Hustle Real Hard. Mm-hmm. And the song is called On My Way featuring Zion T. Check it out. Bye, Bye. Kelly. Bye. Yeah. 호지 결정과 패기만으로 내린 결정 종이와 검정 펜스만 주면 매일 벌떡이라 난 누른 플레이 버튼이 나의 하루의 시작 미약하고 서툴지만 내 가슴에 킥과 함께 뛰어 밖에도 나가지 않고 방에서 힙합을 나의 걸로 만들기 위해 남의 연습만 했고 rock and roll 미친놈처럼 rhyme and flow만 조립하고 연구하던 어린 아시지